0: mox football they are in the playoffs they made it as an at-large team i think that's more of an indictment on how bad the fcs level of football is rather than an indication of how good mox football is they'll be on the road they'll be at austin p to open up the playoffs this weekend and i would guess that no matter what happens throughout the tournament which i don't think they'll get out of the opening round
1: three seconds remaining and a 35-yard field goal for a playoff win Snap good. Kick off. Has the distance. Kick is good. See you in Greenville. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give
0: human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it.
1: Stone on air coming up. Stone on air.
0: Yeah, well, it looks like I got that one wrong. The mocks do indeed go to Austin P. and win that opening round game. Welcome in, everybody. It is another Wednesday drop for you, the 29th of November. If you're new to the show, which there might be a few of you today, my name is Brian. The show is called Stone On Air, once originated on the radio. That's the on-air part. And now it's a standalone podcast. I'll lay out the show and what's going on today coming up next. And the most miserable time of the year continues as it is cold for real now. And I know still some people are going to say, it ain't really that cold, Brian. Well, to me, it is. It's awful. And I have been fighting this um, just heavy, heavy, heavy cold. Excuse me, I'm going to sound terrible today and I apologize for that on the front end. I'm not going to stop every time I have to hack and cough and make noise uh, because then I'll be here all night if I were to do that. Um, But thank you for finding the show. The final one of the year that will be dropping uh, at least intentionally this way. I will have a few shows for you in December, but there'll be just some kind of rehashing of some things from earlier in the year. If you're here regularly, then you already know that. But I woke up on Thanksgiving morning, and I was feeling it the night before, and I thought, oh, no, I'm getting sick. It usually happens about this time every year. And I thought, well, that's cool. I'll just get it over with throughout the weekend. And it lingered and lingered, and I am miserable, <laughs> miserable right now. But um, I am on the back end of it. So we will see how things go for the rest of the year and the winter time. So, coming up on today's show, I'll give you three segments as per usual. The final segment of the show, a another local radio guy has passed away, and it just sucks. This has been happening too often here recently. Um, Boner. Randy Smith is his name from Rock 105. I have one story to tell. And it's not that all good of a story, but it's the only one I got. So I'll tell you that and just talk about my thoughts on Boner over the years here on the air in uh, Chattanooga in the final segment of the show. And in the second segment of the show, the terrible crash and the uh, fatalities of the of the mother and the young boy on Fraser Avenue. And the many, many, many people that went to the city council meeting just yesterday led by a guy who I'd never heard of until just yesterday named John John is what he calls himself. John John Wesa, uh, Wesa I'll just, well, Wesslowkowski. I just will refer to him as John John at this point going forward. He has got a lot of social media following. He's very into um, city planning, urban urban planning, and those kinds of things. And his um, uh, content has been uh, circulating on social quite a bit in the last couple of days and I have been following along and I tuned into the city council meeting pulled the audio and I'll do that in the second segment of the show so generally speaking if you're here for one of those two things these are 20 minute segments each that can vary a little bit either way if you want to hear about Boner Randy Smith that'll be the last third the middle third will be this um, what to do with our roads Because of the danger that they pose to pedestrians according to many and then here on the open and that's how this show is usually laid out and if you're looking for a show into the new year if you happen to be new here that is about this city that is done in a concise quick and very well thought out manner that celebrates the good points out the bad in a constructive criticism type of way and just downright gets pissed off at the ugly well this is the podcast for you in 2024 Thousands in the city of Chattanooga are already aware of this, and if you're new to it, happy to have you on board. So, I was wrong about the Mox going at, to Austin P and winning. I thought they wouldn't, and they did. Well, another cool sports note here is that Baylor and Macaulay are playing the Blue Cross Blue Shield Bowl. Isn't that what it's called? The Finley Stadium uh, High School Championship game on Thursday. And I wanted to go, and I don't really want to buy a ticket So I went to TSSAA.org or EDU or whatever it is and filled out a credential request. And I got a response back quickly. It says, Mr. Stone, we received your request. Based on a look at your podcast, I don't believe it falls within the parameters of our media regulations, which state the following. And then it's a long list here. I'm not going to go through all of it, but all the typical stuff here. Content on the site is original, objective, news gathering, in nature. If it were a podcast that regularly followed high school sports or one of the teams involved, we would consider the request. Unfortunately, we will not be able to based on the information mentioned above. Matthew Gillespie, Assistant Executive Director, AA. I responded. Thank you for your response, Matthew. I am a 20-year Chattanooga radio vet and eight years of a weekly podcast that covers all things in this town, from regional development, sports, music, local politics, etc. I've been covering events specifically at Finley Stadium since the turn of the century, the FCS Football Championship, the United States Women's National Team, Mox Football, the Chattanooga Football Club, Kane Brown, etc., The people who listen to my show and follow my socials are interested in the local big event, which I generally always attend and document with anecdotes and stories. Baylor McCauley at Finley is the exact kind of thing I cover and spread to a wide audience. You'll credential countless papers, TV, and traditional media that have no relevant viewership and will drink coffee and talk shop for three hours. Old media habits and credentialing die hard, I guess. Thanks for the consideration, and I would implore your organization to consider new media more in the future. And then I gave them links to all my socials and said thank you again, Brian from Stone On Air. So, I will not be in the press box for the Blue Cross Blue Shield Bowl, but I maybe we'll go. We'll see. I don't know. Kind of depends on uh, if I stay sick for the rest of my life, because that's what it feels like is uh, happening right about now. Uh, a quick apology to the regulars. I Two weeks ago, I teased out a full week, which is a bad idea, first of all. A week-long tease is not necessarily the most efficient way to keep uh, listeners' attention. But I said that I was going to do a, potentially an entire segment on realtors and uh, basically make fun of them. And I was reached out to by a local realtor, um, a a very prominent one, as a matter of fact, and very politely asked me to hold my thoughts. He didn't know what they were going to be and wanted to be a part of that segment, potentially with some sponsorship possibilities into the future. That is not something that happens very often. And so I decided to do just that. Hold on to that segment for a later date, and um, it might be a more cleansed version. I don't know, but I do owe listeners an apology because, first of all, A, it's a little bit of a sellout on my part, Um, but in my defense, I have done this rant before. It was just going to be a little bit maybe packaged differently, and even more importantly though, maybe B or C or whatever letter I'm on here is... Teasing a segment, and that's something that I do a lot on this show, and not delivering that on that tease is a cardinal sin in this industry, in this business, in the content audio content distribution business. Saying you're going to do something and then not doing it is a really bad approach. And a lot of people, especially in the radio world, have trouble with this. And I have gone way out of my way to try to refine that portion of my uh, style. The way I uh, lay out and uh, layer a show is to tell you what's coming and then to get to it. And I know occasionally I I mess that up and I don't even realize it. But in this case, I messed it up bad because I was hit up by... um, Uh, one in particular, uh, a good, a longtime friend of mine was like, dude, you son of a bitch. I tuned in just to hear your rant on realtors and you never did it. And I meant to say right off the top, right from the jump of the next episode that I'm sorry about not being able to, to, uh, fulfill that tease. And I never even mentioned it. So it's been two full weeks and 95% of anybody listening didn't think another thing about it, but one at least did, and I also just know that that's bad form, and that is my bad, absolutely, but that will be coming soon enough. Um, It was going to be pretty good, though. It was going to be pretty good. The the wannabe realtors out there and the copy-paste movement of Facebook, oh, God. Uh this show is dropping on the twenty ninth on a Wednesday because I'll be at the barrel House ballroom tonight to see Kevin Kenny so if you are out and about and happen to be at uh the show tonight, come say hello um in the Twitter world or x as it's called now, I used to be very very vocal about how much I loved Twitter, and I still like it it's it's uh we go on and on for days with the Elon stuff and where it was before him and where it is now. And that's not what this is about. I still think it's the best place for immediate information. but it is very, very difficult to get any traction. And for me, this came out of nowhere, and I just thought it was great. and it means absolutely nothing. But I posted uh, just a clip of the show about Alice's restaurant, Arlo Guthrie, and uh, right at Thanksgiving. And for some reason, it took off. Now, by no means would it be on anybody's definition of viral, but for anything I do on Twitter, it was some of the biggest numbers I've ever seen. And this was the tweet I put out the next day. I know it doesn't mean a damn thing, but my Arlo Guthrie Alice's Restaurant tweet got 14 retweets, 69 likes, And sixteen thousand views in twenty-four hours. I've tweeted twenty thousand times in fifteen years. I've never seen anything like it. Hashtag Thanksgiving, and that is absolutely true. I have tweeted over twenty thousand times in uh, in fifteen years, and I've never had that much interaction. I don't think ever. Now, maybe once or twice I have, and I'm forgetting about it, but. There is something pretty neat, pretty almost special about getting traction on X on Twitter, and it just rarely ever happens. So um, while I certainly don't care about those kinds of things now like I did a decade ago, I still was happy to see that. I talk the regional music festivals a lot on this show, and the Shaky Knees Music Festival in central park in atlanta in may the third through the fifth of next year well they dropped their lineup if it comes out this early every year i just forgot i would would have guessed it would have been more towards the end of december but it's another doozy it's always it is it is remarkable how this festival is always geared towards the middle-aged white guy and they can also throw in a whole bunch of stuff that the younger people like as well. Noah Khan, Arcade Fire, Young the Giant, Weezer, Queens of the Stone Age, The Offspring, Foo Fighters, Portugal the Man. I'm just bouncing around on the list right now. Dinosaur Jr., a blast from the past. Speaking of blasts from the past, Sunny Day Real Estate, uh, Matt and Kim, The Struts, The Revivalist, Switchfoot. It is uh it is it's a pretty good looking fast. Tickets start at $310 for the entire weekend. I don't know how far up that is from last year. My guess is it's up considerably. Couple band names I thought were worth picking up uh, pointing out here. Winona Fighter, never heard of that band before but I like the name. And then a band called Pigs, except it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven times. The name of the band is Pigs, 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 Pigs. So shaking these in May if you need it. So as I am running out of voice and time here in the open segment, oh, an authentic is the word of the year. Authentic is the word of the year, uh, in case you were curious about that. I was going to spend a few minutes on this, but I just don't really feel like it. Many other words that came in um, as, uh, uh, I guess, nominations for Word of the Year deep fake, uh, dystopian, uh, dead name, doppelganger, implode. Uh, a lot of these were popular words for certain reasons over the course of the year, but for some reason, everything's been fake for a long time. Authentic is the. Uh, webster's dictionary word of the year so i usually give you some pieces of audio here just to um, chit chat about and have a little bit of fun with on the back end of the open segment and this go round, i just grabbed the last couple things i had left over that i haven't gotten to yet and i only have two things for you well really technically i guess it's three we'll start here with today's realest thing i thought this was fabulous um some, from some podcasts, they're talking about how most of us dummies make fun of the Jeopardy people, the, the contestants, when they do poorly at a sports question or, or some kind of question that's not like a book smart kind of thing and how stupid that really
1: makes us look. It's today's realest thing. There's nothing more depressing than watching three nerds on Jeopardy get a sports category. Oh, it's the best. Or a video <laughs> game category. or Yeah, something that's not, like, book smart. Yeah, That is very funny that the, the dumb jocks of the world see the nerds get the sports questions wrong, and then they clip it and put it on Twitter. And they're like, look at these <laughs> fucking idiots that just like rip through Russian literature categories, (laughs) you know, Yeah. world history. They rip through. I'll take thermodynamics for 800, Alex. This dumb doesn't even know who Reggie White is. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, You're right. You're right. They're absolutely the smartest of the smart. The smartest people we (laughs) have. And then they're the all-time leading rebounder in the NBA. Uh, 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 Michael Jordan,
2: you stupid
0: idiot it's so true we all do it every time i know i do if there's one of the dumb categories i put in air quotes that i know like two thirds or three quarters of all the answers ah look how stupid they are uh no dude no 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 you're you're the dumb one and when i say you i mean me this is one that i saved in my instagram reels of all places as i was digging through that today um this is just some lady talking about millennial females younger females younger generations and um i'll just i'm just calling it today's worst idea
3: i think we should also talk about how hydrated these girls in their 20s are have you guys seen the water tanks these girls are walking around with when did water bottles get so big the 38-gallon Yeti. I didn't even have a glass of water until I was 35 years old. H2O was just not (laughs) even on my radar. We drank Fountain Diet Coke and we smoked cigarettes, which is also frowned upon. They do not like... The smell of smoke they get upset because the woman in our payroll department her name's Diane she's in her 60s she's been in corporate America for 40 years she's earned her keep Diane likes to go outside every day and rip a cigarette no big deal but when she comes in the girls are like we don't like how Diane smells she smells like smoke I'm like Diane used to smoke at her desk two feet from your face okay this isn't that big of a deal leave Diane alone Diane just minds her own P's and Q's she eats her lean cuisine sometimes she puts notes on them in the freezer do not eat I'm like Diane None of these girls are going to
0: eat your turkey Tetrazzini. They think Tetrazzini is a video game. Tetrazzini. Uh, Yeah, so I just called that today's worst idea. And as I wrap up the opening segment, I'll just call this the today years old thing. I listen to this radio show in Atlanta, and just for a throwaway segment, they do a birthday segment. I know that sounds riveting uh, content, right? But it turns out yesterday or Tuesday was Randy Newman's 80th birthday. And I had no idea that not only was this not a Three Dog Night song to begin with, it was a guy named Eric Burden uh, from 1966 that also Randy Newman wrote this song, Mama Told Me Not To Come, that later became uh, popular from uh, Three Dog Night in 1970. And then also, I guess you could call it today years old, When I found out that Tom Jones also recorded this in the year 2000. And it went to number four on the UK singles charts. There's a bunch of useless ass information that is all on my today years old thing, I guess, is what I'll call it. So, a terrible, terrible, terrible tragedy with uh, fatalities on the North Shore over the Thanksgiving weekend. High speed uh, looks to be some kind of um, road rage and alcohol-fueled something or other, and either way, it's a terrible tragedy, and there's a guy in town who says this stuff is preventable and he basically dedicates a majority of his content creating life to uh, explaining and educating exactly how that can be done. At first I went in with a little bit of a slanted eye like I don't know about this guy and I'm still not all that sure but the more I listened, the more I paid attention, the more some of it made sense but not necessarily all of it. I'll expand on that with audio from yesterday's Chattanooga City Council meeting coming up next.
1: That ain't way to More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com.
2: In addition, I hold quarterly district two neighborhood network meetings, where I invite the entirety of district two and anyone else who wants to come, many people from district one participate as well. And our most recent meeting on November 9th was with plan Chattanooga, where we had a robust conversation about traffic safety, across the district, so when the Burke administration was bringing forth the uh, proposal, it was on the heels of a change to Market Street, North Market Street. and. Um, I will say, and I have said before, the easiest way to divide a room in half, maybe not this room, but most rooms in Chattanooga, is to ask about multimodal and or bike lanes. It's fascinating. As a politician, where I go and I knock on people's doors and talk to them, people love them, people hate them, and at that point in time, I think the fear over changing our street pattern won the day.
1: is crackers i
0: ride my bike that was chattanooga city council vice chair jenny hill of north chattanooga she represents district two which is the north shore as it's called now um i'll turn this down here quickly to get it out of my ear and uh not distract me more than i already am um On top of the fact that nothing's working properly, as you can tell, not only is my voice uh, a disaster because of this illness, um, luckily my new computer came uh, today, so by the time I get going into the new year, I should have a fresh new lots of things, Um, but I also, as I was checking my phone just to see the time and and switching from one segment to the next, I... Got a text that a friend of mine, Dave Webb, that many, many people in this town might know more as Tone Harm, has passed away, Uh, I guess, today, um, in the last 24 hours. You're hearing this on a Wednesday, if you're listening to it on its drop day, Uh, so it probably was Tuesday. Dave was a little bit older than me. I would say he wasn't 50 years old yet, probably Probably four or five years older than me I'm 43 closer to 44 he um, he would spin records he was a uh, DJ that kind of guy in the music scene tone harm was his um, stage name at our 20th uh, Udawa High School uh, reunion he was uh, he was the entertainment for uh, for that at the Waterhouse Pavilion downtown. So Jesus Christ, man, I have, I've I've had enough of this. And the final segment is Randy Smith, a boner who passed away at the age of 54. So, uh, yeah, not, not, not news. I was hoping to have, and, and this is just how this works. There's no time to stop and, and rework the podcast. So that's the latest Dave Webb has passed away. And I am so, so sad to, uh, to be telling you that right now. But while we're on the subject of sad things, uh, over the course of the weekend, a, uh, a mom and her one-year-old son was killed on Frazier Avenue um, by a crazed road rage incident, is what it appears. Alcohol also seems to be involved um, right there at, I guess that's Forest, right? Isn't that where Walnut Street Bridge uh, comes to Frazier where there's going to be a lot of pedestrian traffic. You'll hear more about this here in just a couple of minutes from yesterday's city council meeting. Um, but you know, you've know, you seen it. You've been around there. You've walked around there. You've driven through there uh, countless amounts of times. And, um, and that happened over the weekend. Oh, I actually did have to stop the podcast there for a minute between coughing, sneezing, and just trying to get myself together. But from the Chattanooga Times Free Press, it says spike in deaths. Paso Rodriguez and her son make 17 pedestrians who have been this year in Chattanooga, according to statistics from the police department, who have been. I'm wondering if the editor missed the word killed there, it's, uh, worded weird, but I think that's what they're trying to say. 17 have been killed this year. That's nearly triple the pedestrian deaths reported last year at this time. Six pedestrians were killed in Chattanooga as of November 22. So, yeah, if you're doing the math, uh, take six times three and, yeah, you're in the neighborhood of 17. So from that same piece, uh, David Smotherman, a friend of mine, uh, owner of the Winderbinder bookstore on Fraser saw footage from a camera pointed at the scene of the crash. It's just about three or four uh, doors down on the other side of the street is his uh, bookstore. Showed two cars speeding down the street towards Veterans Bridge. Smotherman estimated the vehicles were going between 40 and 50 miles per hour. Neither car seemed to be letting the other merge into its lane, according to David. Uh, John John Wesolkowski, again, I'll just call him John John from this point forward, a pedestrian advocate who is associated with the Chattanooga Urbanist Society, a local group that Calls for more equitable urban design said in a phone interview that Frazier Avenue should be redesigned for one lane of traffic each way. Quote, even if it was a drunk driver, even if it was a road rage incident, if there was just a lane in each direction, they would have been more likely to have hit a car before they were able to ever pick up any speed. What we should be focusing on here is it's okay for cars to go to body shops. It's not okay to send babies in body bags and uh john john's socials have been um circulating uh, a lot this week he's got a a pretty heavily uh trafficked tiktok page uh nearly seven thousand followers or or friends or whatever they're called on on instagram pretty much shares the same content on all the platforms and they're done they're done pretty well and i was going to play a couple of them but they really uh need the uh the the video that goes along with it, and a lot of it's kind of convoluted, and and, f- and at first, or maybe after a few just glim glances at it, it's just kind of like, all right, you know, eye rolling kind of stuff. But the more uh, I listened, and the more I've read, and the more that I've put together this segment, I realized this guy might actually be onto something in many uh, instances. Uh, one thing I think that the biggest problem that we have just as the average ordinary citizens of a, of a city in, in the United States of America, is that we do not treat cars like the dangerous death traps that they are. Um, this is not just me getting old. I've been this way for a long time. I drive very slowly. I am terrified of the roads. I don't trust people, and I certainly don't trust them behind the wheel of a car. There's so many accidents, there's so many deaths on the road, there's so many um, terrible things that are out of your control when you operate a vehicle, and I I hate situations where I lose control. Anything in my life, my, the more my control slips away from me, the more um, agitated or scared or or concerned or which, whatever the situation warrants, the more that becomes of me, especially my high anxiety, my late onset adult anxiety life. And this is a, just another reason why? Yeah, we can change all the roadways. Yeah, we can put in a bunch of bike lanes. Yeah, we can shrink down and get 20-mile-an-hour um, pedestrian-friendly areas. We can do that. And I'll, I'll spend some more time on that in this segment here in just a minute. But until we re- recognize that these cars are not just cool things that we own, they're, they're not just an extension of of our personality that they're not a status symbol that they're actually something that can kill you or other people at any moment and the the fiery crash from i want to say it was around 2014 2015 near utah where that truck plowed through uh, a bunch of cars parked in when they were doing all that work on i-75 if you don't know what i'm talking about i don't have enough time to reset it any more than that that was one of the most horrifying car crashes around here in a, that, that I had recollection of. I was working at the station that day, and, it was, and I knew all the details, and it just scared the shit out of me so bad because I always talk about how, especially when it comes to shootings and other things that are dangerous in our lives, that if I can't put myself there, then I have trouble um, humanizing it to my own level. And so if, you know, if I hear of a, of a shooting at a, at a church, you know, I've done this comparison a thousand times on this show. Well, I don't go to church, so I'm not all that worried about that. And that's the only example that pops into my head. I have been sitting at, in stop traffic on I-75. Well, these days, every damn day, seemingly, and I can picture myself seeing a tractor trailer not stopping in my rear view and terrified and every time i come to a stop now on the interstate i am uh, looking up looking up looking up making sure that everybody behind me is stopping and i'm tapping my brakes tapping my brakes i don't don't just hit my brakes and slow down i'm tapping them so they're flashing i've been doing that ever since of that 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 terrible wreck where so many were killed from from single age digits to elderly and everything in between People just on a holiday, I believe it was Thanksgiving. I believe it was the Thanksgiving week or at least between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh my God, it's it's scaring the shit out of me thinking about it now. And until we realize that that we don't take this seriously enough as a people, we're always going to have this problem. But I'll step aside from that for now and stick back to this specific point. What can we do about these heavy pedestrian areas and how we can make them safer. This is John John at yesterday's City Council meeting.
4: John John, Duncan Avenue, good to see all of you again. I wish it was under better circumstances. And I know that I don't envy your job as your job is one of the hardest jobs in the city. I recently found out what a city councilor makes and I realize it's not enough and that all of you up there are not doing this for the money and the hard decisions you have to make carry out outside of business hours. With that being said, you know that I'm a person of the numbers, that we've had a 3x increase in pedestrian deaths in our city, and we haven't had strong statements coming from our leadership. When I showed up to the accident on Fraser Avenue less than 24 hours later, I was met with the family grieving in the rubble, and they became more than a number to me. As they sat there and wept, and I saw blood and biohazard, still on the scene, I realized something, That enough is enough. Somebody has to be held accountable for the status quo. I don't think that any of you were here when we had the chance to make this right in 2016. I don't think any of us are to blame for the way that things came about. But I think moving forward, including myself, we are responsible to make changes to make things better. And
0: we'll stop it right there for a minute. So he's talking about 2016. Now, this was a four-hour City council meeting. So it was kind of difficult to get right to the points that I wanted. Apparently, there was a grant that his organization or him, himself, or some combination of that were uh, given to the city for either studies or money for, I don't know, something along those lines. And that was during the Burke administration where they were putting in, I believe, haphazardly throwing in just these. Uh, bike lanes all over market, MLK, broad, where they didn't really seem to fit in all that well. That's kind of a, it's not totally another story for another day, but a little bit. That's what he's talking about um, in 2016. This is uh, John John Continues. I'll have two more cuts for you here. This one's short.
4: You can see I brought a few friends with me this afternoon, a lot of people I don't know, a lot of people I've never met, but I had over 250 DMs, and a lot of those people can't come today because of the tricky timing of the new meeting, and a lot of these people have been here for two hours. What we know is that Fraser Avenue is dangerous and its death wish, and it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. That building has been hit eight times in 23 years. There are stories in this room tonight of people who've been hit on that street, people who drive two blocks to get a taco because they don't feel safe in that area, and that's the crown jewel of our city, the Walnut Street Bridge, dumping pedestrians onto that meat grinder. grinder.
0: It really is, uh, it's so true that that is right there, the getting off point, if you will, from the Walnut Street Bridge, and especially on the weekend, that's going to be a very heavy foot traffic area, and that's what we want, right? I mean, that's what we want in that area. And when I first started watching a lot of John Johns, I feel kind of silly just calling him that, but that's what he calls himself. Um, His videos, they're, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but it's kind of dorky, a lot of it. And it's, I don't know, I I was dismissive of it at first. And I was really, I don't want to say, turned off but I was I, I was kind of muting his message a little bit but listening to him at the um, at the city council and then the several people that came up and talked after him I did you know I did I'd been here for the rest of my life trying to get all this audio for you I only wanted to go with his the more I listened to them just talk and not try to be uh, entertaining performative because that's what social media is it's performative and and that's fine I'm not mad about that but once I heard the actual conversation, then I started to understand it a little bit more. This is the final one. Um, really, there are immediate things. According to John. John, he believes there are things that can be done right now. Because that's what I was saying to myself and thinking was, well, what do you want him to do? Destroy the road? Rip it all up and tear it? Have it fixed by Christmas? Well, no. But he does think there are immediate things that can be done now to, uh, to make the road safer immediately.
4: The problem is Favorser Avenue is dangerous, and the narrative is that this is a freak accident. A freak accident that actually can be prevented with real street design. We can narrow this lane, and we can do it tactically right now. And I propose that we do that putting out cones. We own the street as a city. We can take out two lanes for the holiday season. We can measure traffic. And I propose that the city council put forth a resolution that the public works department do this. The public works department who I recorded speeding past me today on Fraser Avenue. The public works department who was parked on the sidewalk on Georgia Avenue where one of my friends got hit on a bicycle earlier this year. You have hard decisions, but this isn't one of them. It's an easy decision, and all we have to do is take the roadmap of what other cities have done. Thank you.
0: And that was basically every word that he had at the city council yesterday. I took out just a little bit just to, for, just to shorten it down a little bit. Um, this is an op-ed to the Chattanooga.com from Monday the 27th. Tragedy on Fraser was when, not if. Uh, let's see. I see every time I go to Fraser Avenue, there are a fair percentage of drivers that go by my parked car fast enough to shake it with the wind. This tragedy, I'm sorry to say, was not a weather, but a wind. So now that it has come and not quite gone, please, please, and words stronger, could our city, county, and state make some sort of serious stride to calm the insane speeds people drive here? I drive elsewhere, and traffic laws are enforced. In more than one place, I visit as good as it is done in Spencer, Tennessee. Now, that's a little bit of small-town talk. This isn't about law enforcement not uh, enforcing laws. That's not what this is about and what they're doing in Spencer, Tennessee, I, I don't care for a second about. But anyway, last little bit here says, I'm amazed at either the courage or the foolery of people who walk the North Shore and the driven bridges. It is it is all a vibrant part of this community. I also know that the sales tax income these crowds generate from that neighborhood. So it behooves these in care of public safety to make us slow down. I walked across the Veterans Bridge. I parked uh, on the other side for Moon River. And I didn't feel like it was dangerous, but uh, it does move pretty fast across Vets Bridge. But that's a, is that a 50-mile-an-hour bridge? It might be. 45 i would say i don't know i'd have to double check on um on that one and so just as i uh, put the the wraps on this middle segment here uh in the next few minutes a lot of what uh, john john does through his social is a lot of the typical stuff the predictable things that you get from urban planning enthusiast types, safety um Types that 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 that's very popular on a lot of socials. I have several that I follow on TikTok that talk about cities across the country and around the world and how their grids are and uh, their speed limits and their parking and um, and their uh, transit and those kinds of things. And it is it is an interesting topic. And some places do it better than others, but many times, and John John does this a lot. He talks about. Uh, lots of areas around the world that really don't they're not very relevant to what we're trying to do here in america most countries don't drive nearly the amount that we do they don't have the amount of terrain to cover that we do we have a different lifestyle a different culture here and so when they when you show me norway and you show me switzerland and you show me areas, uh, even in, in London and areas that we're more familiar with in Paris and other places in the UK, while it it looks cool and it looks safe and it looks like, oh, why can't we do that here? Well, we can't do a lot of those things here because of our population, because of the amount of cars that we have there's he is one of the types and i always roll my eyes at this these are the put in all the bike lanes and get rid of all the parking types and i am just never going to be on board with that i i this idea that there's too much parking is absurd and one of his videos shows him at hamilton place using the most extreme of all examples as the vast amounts of parking that are not being used and he did a video on black friday this year well we all know black friday is not the same as it used to be and he went to areas around hamilton place mall that had empty parking lots and then did all the math and showed and did all these numbers and to me that's just a bunch of junk data that doesn't really mean anything and uh and this idea, we want to build a new stadium downtown for the Lookouts, but uh, not. The, I mean, people literally don't want there to be parking. They want there to be public transportation. Listen, us here in America, we love our cars. When I say we, I'm not counting me. I hate mine, but you know what I'm saying. It's we are a car culture, and he. It's so it's not that he's wrong or that he's completely correct in everything either but he certainly is on to something especially in a place like the north shore and Fraser right there where we really really do want a lot of pedestrian traffic and there's no reason why we can't redesign that to where it's impossible for cars to go fast enough to kill to kill people on an average ordinary basis you know if someone just jumps the curb and pulls one of these you know terrorist kind of things well there's that's that's a different conversation that's a different thing but you can't get get up to 40 50 60 miles an hour if there's not many lanes open to do it i just did the story the other day on central we're we're shrinking it down getting rid of some lanes and putting in some bike lanes a lot of this stuff is um the, the buzz terminology is road diet a road diet, or a lane reduction, or a re-channelization or road conversion is a technique in transportation planning whereby the number of travel lanes is uh, is, is is reduced, and uh, and it goes on from there. This is quickly from Forbes, though. This is I don't want people to use this as an excuse to go run around putting in a bunch of more damn bike lanes. I will be always uh, not on board with that. Bike lanes don't make cycling safe. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration estimates that 938 cyclists were killed on the roads in 2020. That's up 9% from the year before in 19. Forrester, who is who is this? Uh, Industrial engineer who uh, wrote a book or something. Forrester estimated that accidents on bike lanes are two point six times higher than on roadways because bike paths are more dangerous. He forecasts more car bike collisions because it's difficult to make intersections between cycle lanes and roads as safe as normal roads almost 90 percent of urban accidents were caused by crossing or turning either by cyclists failing to obey the rules of the road or the car or both cities are spending millions of dollars on bike lanes that money could be better used for other purposes such as app-based intelligent transportation systems that would connect drivers pedestrians and cyclists and alert them to potential crashes Bike lanes give cyclists and drivers a false sense of security leading to increased accidents. Cyclists should be aware that the term protected bike lane is an oxymoron, a contradiction in terms. It's time to change. And that is all that I have on that. And, yeah, just throwing up a bunch of bike lanes because that's what other cities are doing. That's what Burke did. Dummy Andy Burke, one of the worst mayors we've ever had. Just start throwing up bike lanes up and down broad and on, on on market. They're not getting used. They collect debris and trash, storm runoff, uh, and 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 debris gets caught up in the grates. It's it, it's nice idea, terrible execution. So when I see somebody like him, my first thought is, well, I don't want the city to run around and start making all these drastic changes just because just because some dude's got like twenty thousand followers on TikTok. But dude knows what he's talking about and when you separate the performance out and just put the data aside and take a look at it it makes even more sense and if you haven't found it by now just search it's john without the h john john if you know how to use the internet at all you'll figure it out you'll find it all right so um dave webb tone harm jesus man what a bummer lost him and um, in the last week we lost boner randy smith from rock 105 been in chattanooga for over 20 years and i will talk about him and my one story i have it's not a very good story you've been warned it's the only one i have involving boner from rock 105 who passed away of a heart attack last week i'll do that next
1: To more. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. I got here in July of 2001, so the station was basically two years old when I got here. Um, and I came in as program director, and uh, I mean, I came in and uh, I, I, I was chomping at the bit, you know, just a, a young punk boner. <laughs> and so it was, it was something. It was really cool for me to get here, and uh, there were uh, a few musical changes to make, and then and we were off and running, and and it was uh, it was fun because then you know then we bring in. Uh, I brought in Billy Black, mm-hmm. uh, brought in Spain Man, rest in peace, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, man, we had a great time for uh, you know for several years with with that lineup and everything. It was a, it was a fun place to be, you know, especially with those two idiots and right. me. Yeah, I mean, there's there's three complete morons.
0: This was the very first song that Rock 105 ever played when they went on the air in uh, ni- late 1999 or early 2000. I can't remember exactly ACDC for those for those about to rock. And at the time, I worked for this company called a and Communications. Advertising and communications is what it was actually called ANC And I was like 19 20 years old and one of the accounts We had was for 96.5 the mountain and they did a focus group study That it's the only one I've ever been in before and they don't tell you what it's for or why They give you like a free, you know lunch or something and you answer a bunch of questions in a you know like a conference room kind of thing. And this was all about radio. And I don't know if it was because they knew that I was somewhat interested in it, or because I was doing work at Chattanooga State at that time. I had yet to have an actual job in the in the industry yet. And then shortly after, we found out that that had something to do with the uh, the jumping off point of the new rock station, Light Mix One Hundred Five, was going to switch to. Rock one oh five. I don't know if they went to WRXR immediately or if they went. They changed those call letters later on down the the road. LMX WLMX, I believe, was Light Mix one oh five. I remember my dad listened to that. Jason Walker and Parker Smith in the mornings in the nineties, taking us to school, and um, and so I had it turned on, and it was ACDC for those about to rock. We salute you. And Boner, um, he was like the perfect rock. DJ guy, like the classic rock and roll DJ dude. He lived the lifestyle. He looked the lifestyle. He had the attitude. And a lot of people thought he was funny. I I didn't personally, but a lot of people did. And clearly he was on the air consecutively for until 2016. And then back on shortly after that, which I might get back into here in just a couple of minutes, but um, he passed away of a heart attack last week, 54 years old. And it turns out, and I I knew this, I just had forgotten it, somehow just out of just pure, you know, happenstance, he had gotten sober the same time I did, basically almost the exact same time, spring of this year and he's not a we were not friends at all uh just mild acquaintances at best i knew who he was for the entire 20 years he was here i think he he knew who i was for maybe half that time i'm not sure so i had heard that he was getting his life back to uh, or put it together better father making some lifestyle changes the drinking he had kicked, um, I even the finding Jesus, finding the Lord, you know, spiritual stuff. All those things are wonderful. It's uh, it's great to hear, um, and I, I'm not just saying that now. I I remember hearing that and thinking that you know, hey, whatever it takes, and I always say that in anybody's life, whatever it takes to get to get your head back on straight, do it, and then, heart attack and he's uh and he and he passes away at the age of fifty four and um Kevin West earlier in the year, my friend bill Ramsey just a, f- a few you know about a month ago or so i've he's well documented on these shows these are the kinds of things I talk about in a commentary monologue kind of way, and it's been a man, it's just god damn it, <laughs> you know. Um, I only have, I have like one and a half stories of of Boner over the years, other than, you know, listening to him here and there, because I would listen to all the radio stations for many, for all those years. Uh, I tried to get a job there twice, going through people who knew him, and I, I, this was all uh, hearsay. I, so it wasn't like words he said to me, but just he was not impressed by my presentation and by the way that I, um, I, I don't know, I don't know But that that's how it got back to me. So of course, I was like, oh, well, screw that guy. Uh, it wasn't ever probably going to be a very good fit. It's It's the only company I haven't worked for in this town. And uh, I can't imagine that there would ever be a reason why I would want to now. I not not can't imagine. I know I wouldn't uh want to work there now. There's just there's no work left. But in two thousand seven I went to get my hair cut by Letitia Wolf, dead dead lead singer, um, musician from town. I've known her my whole life. She's my high school sweetheart. Uh if you're here regularly, you know. And in 2007, we would have been not a part of each other's lives with any regularity or really even at hardly at all for about a full seven years at that point. Six or seven years. So I had moved on in my life from her, and she had certainly moved on from me. She did it immediately. <laughs> Took me a little while longer. But we stayed friends early on. I knew that was going to be good for me. I know when to keep a good relationship uh, or close by. And then it turns out she's one of my dearest, oldest, greatest friends of all time. Um, but so I, I, she was cutting my hair and I was like, oh, hey I got an extra for Bonnaroo. If you want to go, I'm leaving literally like in a few hours. And she's the type that will drop everything for, you know, something. No, no questions asked. Like there was the fact that she said, yeah, sure. Let's go. Like didn't surprise me at all. That's why I brought it up. And so when I I mentioned that she was not really a part of my life, didn't mean I wasn't still like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, who knows? Never can be too sure of anything. And at that time, the uh, lead singer of Mighty Sideshow, I believe his name is Alan, him and Boner were good friends. And Boner was kind of like their manager, the Mighty Sideshow's band's manager. And at that time, they were making a lot of music and playing a lot of shows. And they were one of the more popular bands in town. Very, very heavy rock band. And I knew that Letitia had a thing for him, and I didn't like it. Now, it didn't bother me all that much. Emotionally, I wasn't drug into it all that much, but I didn't like it. And so we get up to the farm, and we park out in the GA like we normally would. Things were completely different back then. And we go to meet Alan and Boner at their RV in the the campground. And I'm just kind of tagging along, you know. Still kind of, you know, I'm not really sure. Just like every Bonroo. I'm just tagging along. I'm just, I'm just floating. And we go hang out with Boner and Allen and Billy Black might have been there too. I was around Billy here and there uh, as well, but I, I, I know for sure Allen and Boner was there. And I'm 27 years old. He's 50. He was 54. So that means. He would have been, you know, pushing uh forty at that time or right at forty. And, you know, I'm just I think I'm hot shit. And Tish thinks she's, you know, the best thing going. And Boner clearly thinks he's the greatest thing going. And Alan from Sideshow. I mean, we got a, a an RV full of ego freaking maniacs. And uh and and a pretty girl that is, you know, was interested in one guy once upon a time, now interested in the other guy. So the dynamics here were not real good for me. <laughs> and, but you know, now I'm like, well, now I just want to see where this is all going. And so we're sitting around talking and everybody's talking up a big game. I'm doing the same thing. And every chance Boner gets to make me look stupid when industry talk comes up, when shop talk comes up, which is basically the whole time he takes that opportunity and he does it because he's management he's been management and much higher on the rungs of power of of ladders in the media industry way more than i i'd only been in the business for about five years at that time he had been in the business for probably 15 years at that time and so i was I, i don't remember it well enough to to regurgitate it to you well right now but i was trying to like hold my own and this dude could smell weakness, I'm talking about boner, and he completely made me feel like just a dumb asshole the whole time. And I and 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 I was, I think I was taking the punches pretty well, and then eventually, you know, late I was just kind of like, you know, shake it off, no big deal, don't let them think it's getting to you. You're you got this. You're strong. You're a badass too, man. And. Um, And I stuck it out as long as I could. And then eventually I was just like, I can't take these assholes any longer. And I didn't see her or um, them again. I had to meet back up with them again before the weekend was over because I believe I gave them another pass. I used to have a lot of free stuff to Bonnaroo back then. I didn't have to go through a middleman back then. And I even let them have an additional pass or a media uh, credential or something that they were to give back to me later on. It was it was a mess. And, and when it was all said and done, I was like, yeah, that'll never happen again. Screw those guys. In the end, I tell the story now because it doesn't matter. It wasn't important then, and it's not important now. And it's the only time that I spent around Boner for longer than a couple of minutes at like a, a remote broadcast somewhere or at a show at Rhythm and Brews or maybe track 29 for a minute or two, maybe. Um, you know, all this stuff runs together and blurs together, but I, I, I know I walked away saying, you know, I'm not going to give that guy, you know, any kind of recognition of being... Somebody other than just some dude. Just the same way he treated me. Not bad, not good, just, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, that's really about as far as it goes. And in 2016, same year that I was let go from Talk, he was let go from Rock 105. And so there's a lot of parallels here that I'm just kind of thinking as I go along here. And then in 2017, 2018... He got hired back on at Rock 105 when Intercom took over iHeartMedia and I went to work for Alt 98.7 and we were both doing afternoons. And so for about two years, year and a half, two years, I did afternoons on Alt 98.7, three to seven, and he did afternoons on Rock 105. And I remember thinking... I want to kick this guy's ass, you know, like I'm going to, you know, more people are going to listen to me than they are him. I'm damn determined to do it now. Different formats, different uh, audiences, different world, um, both stations going out of business. As we spoke, I was let go from there as a COVID cut in 2020. He had stayed on, you know, since then and, took over they rebranded things to uh content managers as opposed to program directors maybe something along those lines and then you know i hadn't thought of him in three or four years and then um found out he passed away so that i I told you it wasn't a very good story it's the only one i got and uh i'll never forget it and it's it's nice to kind of chuckle at now um, but man, you know, I, as I said it on this show the other week, the other month, and I've said it to many others here recently, as I get ready for a new year and a lot of things to, to continue working on self-improvement that just quitting drinking didn't solve, didn't solve my problems. It didn't fix much anything. It just, it just helped out in one crucial part of my life that was not going right. And, um it doesn't mean you're you know everything's gonna be great so I mean Dave oh my God Dave Webb tone harm I mean that is just the bummer of all bummers of today and then Boner and Kevin and Bill and just take care of yourself as the uh the holidays are here I'll have a few shows in the uh the new or end of the month I don't even know what days are gonna be uh, I've got to get this my my studio here is a freaking mess. It is put together with duct tape around here. Uh, I got to get over this mess here and um, be safe out there on the roads. Watch out. Be careful. You never know when it all just disappears. Right? I mean, I'm. this sucks to be so sappy on the way out here. But that's what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, that's it. Hey, I love you to death so much for listening. If you are new here thank you also every Wednesday in the new year and um we'll see where things go hopefully 2024 is a great year for everybody Uh, again I will have some things into the into December but I'm not sure when or where this will be the final dedicated hour-long specific show of the year unless something you know I don't know who knows Who, who the hell knows who knows so uh Either way, it's one of my favorite things in the world. Not one of, it is my favorite thing to do is to talk into this microphone and put out content for people to listen to. And it thrills me beyond belief that you listen to it. So happy holidays to you. And um, we'll talk again very soon. Like and share and rate and review and all those things they say to tell everybody to do. If you get around to it, great. If you had a podcast, I likely wouldn't like, rate, or review yours. So if you don't do it to mine, I wouldn't blame you. Talk again very soon, all right? See ya, bye.